Hey girl, welcome to the Reconstructed Woman Podcast. I am your host, Claire Davey, and I am so excited that you are here. If you are a woman, wife, or mama looking for freedom in Christ, get ready. The mission of the Reconstructed Woman is to help women just like you release the pain of your past, rebuild your identity in Christ, and renew your mind in truth. Girl, I love truth. I love keeping it real, and you're going to get plenty of that here. I am so excited for what God is going to do through this mic and in your life. Welcome back, ladies. I'm so excited about my girl and guest today, Desiree Ofori. Hello and welcome. Thank you, Claire. I'm glad to be on your podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> have you been on before? I feel like you have, but... Ha- oh, I've just been a faithful listener. <laughs> oh my gosh. How have we not? Like, okay. So... Talked about it, but it, we just it's just never worked out for us. The timing, oh yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I was like thinking about that the other day. Well, I am so excited to have you here, Des. We go way back. Um, I met Des in college and it's really hard to believe we were just talking before we recorded like, wow, how 20 years and here we are. Um, and we went from college roommates to, um, grown women and here you are, you, okay. I just want to introduce you guys to this amazing woman. Okay. You are in for such a treat. And, um, Desi is the owner of the Decalese Art Studio. She is a multidisciplinary artist, an author, and a content creator residing in Central Florida. Okay. I learned. So let's just throw it up for our Florida girls. She creates vibrant abstract art for use in home decor, lifestyle products, soul care tools, and resources. Desiree's mission is to inspire women to embrace a lifestyle of confidence and bold faith. Oh my gosh. So we are going to talk about that faith. Welcome. Welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. And um, I almost wore color for you today because (laughs) of you always, first of all, your books, we're going to talk about your new book in a second, but just your art and all of the things I have a sweatshirt of yours and like, they're the best colors all I just Yeah, so I was like wearing neutral, I'm gonna wear neutral. I'm like, I should wear a pop of color, but then it's cold here in Florida. So I stuck with your it. your your wall background is all pink. So yes. it's speaking to me. <laughs> okay, good. It doesn't okay. get more bold than that A bold pink background. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So tell us, Desi, I know you've come so far and God is just taking you in different directions since college because you were a social work major in college, right? Psych, psychology, but Psych. I took a lot of social work classes because I was like, I'm learning. A, I, I feel bad to say this, but I'm like, I, at the time, at the time, I felt like I was learning more in the social work classes than I was in the psych classes. Yeah. So prob- probably if I were to go back again, I probably would have started out as social work and just rolled that out. But I um, started with psych. And then especially the last two years that I was there, I took a lot of extra classes that you can take. They were social work classes. They wasn't like little, oh, let me just take this little quick, easy class. I'm like, oh no, I want the real stuff. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So tell me about your art. Tell me I want to hear about just all the things that you're doing now. I want to talk about your book, but your passion is, you know, you through your art to help women live bold and confident. And so talk to me about all those things. Yeah. So for as many artists, for as long as I can remember, I've always had a love for art, for drawing, always had a sketchbook, um, always wanted to, at the time when I was younger, be a fashion designer. That was my original goal to be a fashion designer. And then I would go back to school once I was making the money as a fashion designer. 
I would be able to pay for college and go back and get my psychology degree and become a counselor so that I could do both. And um, one of my friends used to say, okay, so basically what you're going to do is you're going to help us. You're going to um, design pants and then you're going to help us fix our problems and, and all of that. And I'm like, yes, that's so, what I'm going to do. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yes. <laughs> so I'll get you dressed up. You're going to look nice. going to help you fix your issues. And <laughs> it's just all, it's going to all be cohesive. It's all going to be great. Yes. But it did not work out that way. I um didn't really know what I could do with art as a career. So I went on to become a, um, and I don't know why I didn't go on to do fashion designing, but I did go on to do psychology and I figured, well, I could probably make enough money doing that and then get to know the psychology and stuff. Everybody always said I was a good listener. People always came to me for advice. So I've just kind of always, that's just been a natural part of who I am for the longest time. Um, I mean, I would even tell you the story when I was a little kid, probably like elementary school or even younger. No, definitely younger because she wouldn't have told me these things. But my aunt used to say when I was like a baby, probably like a toddler. So she would tell me her issues about her guys and <laughs> and went to me like I was her little girlfriend. Yes, you're a natural. And I'm like, well, I've been counseling pretty much all my life. <laughs> That's so good. So, because um, she knew I wouldn't tell anybody, so she would tell me all the things. So I was getting the tea from a very young age. So, um, yeah, I went on to do psychology and just continued to follow the natural progression. Got my bachelor's degree, got my master's. Um, went on to try to um, get licensed as a licensed mental health therapist. And as I continued to follow that track, I just continued to feel like this isn't it. Like there has to be more, there has to be something else. And the creative part of me, I was being able, I was able to tap into that through church because we had a creative team at the time and our church is very big into um, illustrative messages and creating an experience for people, not to be flashy or anything, but just creating a fun experience for people. And so I was able to do that and got on the praise team, then working behind the scenes, you know, set design, creative, um, uh, coming up with creative ideas for services. And I got very, very heavily involved in that. But then there was this part of me that felt like I was literally like dying inside I would cry to every boss that I had that I don't want to do this and they're like well what do you want to do Desiree I don't know can't you just fire me but nobody would fire me <laughs> they would never put me out of my misery <laughs> I always had to be the one to pull the plug and leave <laughs> and so um I was I worked in very difficult situations um very challenging um areas I was a I interned first of all interned at the rape and recovery center so I was dealing with rape victims I was also interning at the crisis stabilization unit I was on the crisis hotline after I did a year of interning and doing that I would then um, move on to work for juvenile justice and was a counselor at a, um, a semi-lockdown facility for boys ages 13 to 18 if you see me I look very young um, I'll be 40 in July, but I don't look my age, not tooting my ho own horn. It's just, it is what it is, y'all. Um, <laughs> so the boys were inappropriate. And um, then they started to have riots. And I was like, nope, not going to catch me in that. So I left that and moved on to working with DCF and working on their cases where um, there was substance abuse involved and neglect. And after did that for a few years, then went on to work at a group home and um had boys from ages eight to 13 and then girls from 13 to 18 and so every job that I had within the mental health field was very challenging very hard the stories I had a hard time separating my real life from their stories their experiences and it just continued to weigh down on me so finally um when I was like you know what I I really don't know what else to do. I sat for my exam for licensure, for state licensure, and I missed it by one point. And I was devastated. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? 
I didn't want to do any of this anyway. <laughs> I was just going after my license because one of my bosses was like, instead of becoming a life coach, it would be more weighty if you had like a license behind your name. So I was just doing what she was telling me to do. And I'm like, I just didn't even really want to do any of this anyway. And so I switched uh, careers and went into do for a break. I was going to like, I was only going to do like a year, ended up being for four years um, doing case management. So I did still end up doing social work. Mm-hmm for long-term care, um, health insurance. So people who were in nursing homes, ALF, um, that's assisted living facilities and people who are receiving care at home. I was their case manager and I was making the money that I wanted to make. I kind of had the flexibility that I wanted, but it was still very trying and just very difficult. And I was like, God, I just don't know. I don't know what to do. So one day my friend had a come to Jesus moment with me and she was like, I used to think that you struggling with like panic attacks and anxiety and stuff that it was just you. But um, I think it's your job. Like they are exacerbating this for you. Like there may be some issues, you know, challenges that you have, but your jobs are making them like 10 times worse. And you probably should just leave your job. You already have like this side job, this side business, um, Zekalis Art Studio, which at the time I was just doing wedding aisle runners, um, painting on monograms and verses and scriptures for weddings. And she was like, you could pursue that. And then you're also a blogger because I was a mom lifestyle blogger at the time also. Still trying to find my way to be creative. And, um, and by at this time, I had stopped serving at church because I had my son and I wanted to just give my whole attention. Like my mom always said, your family is your first ministry. And so I just knew that when I decided to have a child, like I wanted to be all in, I didn't want to be dragging them from place to place. So I wasn't serving at church. So I didn't have that creative outlet anymore. I was struggling with postpartum depression. It took me, even as a therapist, it took me six months to realize like, oh, I have postpartum depression Um, on top of being chronically burnt out (laughs) from work and it was just kind of like the perfect storm so she was like you have your art business you can monetize your blog and why don't you do that and I was like you know what that sounds like a great idea I could use a break um and around that time I was also starting to listen to entrepreneurship um, podcasts and listen to how people turn their side hustles into their main career and job so the seeds were already being planted. And when I talked to my husband about it, he was like, first of all, you need to stop talking to her. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, what are we going to do with one income? <laughs> You're not making consistent money from any of these five things. Over anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but then he um, said that God, I guess, talked to him about it and assured him like everything will be all right. So that was the birth of bold faith. It was like, I'm just going to step out on faith I'm scared that if I stay where I am and continue to try to make it in these environments that I'm going to have a mental breakdown. I knew that mental health issues did run in my family on um, my grandmother on my dad's side. She struggled with mental health um, a lot throughout her life. And I knew that because I think if I didn't know that I had that in my family, I would have just tried to push through. But because I knew that, that's why you guys, it, guys, it's so important to know your family history and not keep things under the rug. Um, if Because I knew that, I knew that I could be, um, that could be my story. And so I didn't want that to happen for me. And so I, um, with the okay of my husband, I stepped away from my job and January 1st, 2018, I decided to make that my official start date of being on my own and being an entrepreneur. Um The day, though, that I left my job, that afternoon, I found I was pregnant with my second child. And I was like, oh, my God, what (laughs) did I just do? So not only am I stepping out on faith to become this business owner, this entrepreneur, now I have a baby on the way. I have no insurance. I have the income. I was the breadwinner at the time. Now I don't have the income. And it really was a time of really having to trust God and really have bold faith that you know, he wouldn't allow me to go through all of these things for nothing. Like he still had something planned for me and there was still better, you know, for me. And, and it was a miraculous year. Um, I struggled still with mental health issues. I didn't go to therapy right away. 
I should have. I just thought maybe if I just leave my jobs and do creative things, then, you know, I'll be all right. But that wasn't the case. I had a lot of healing to do from past issues. I need to get my mental health in order. And um, it wasn't until after I had my son when the postpartum depression became so severe that um, I broke down in my six week uh, follow up appointment. And they were asking the questions like they do. Have you been feeling sad? Have you been feeling this? And I wasn't going to say anything, but something just broke inside of me and I started to cry. And um, they put me basically on a 72 hour watch, mm -hmm. um, made sure I got medication um, set up for me. And I had to get signed up with a therapist right away. Um, and so I'm grateful that because I knew the struggle that I had with my first son with postpartum, I asked for my family I was like I'm going to need somebody here with me because I don't trust myself and I'm scared of what and I feel like it's going to be worse and I was right and um for about four months after I had my son there was always somebody there um so whether it was like my mom who stayed for like a couple of weeks and then my sister like somebody always was like I was never like left alone they like traded off weeks to stay with me which I'm so grateful for until um I started going to therapy and then that kind of like held me together. Um, so with the art, I was still trying to figure out like, how can I combine my art? I still have this mom blog, but I feel like I'm pulled in two different directions. How can I combine them together? And it wasn't really until my first book, Her Bold Faith, um, that I released in 2020, that I was like, okay, I get a glimpse of how this could work together. I can still write, but I can use my artwork to make it colorful and vibrant and something that you want to pick up and look at, um, not just because of what the words say, but because it's beautiful and it's vibrant. And um, that would make me want to pick it up. So <laughs> let me put that out for others. And it went really, really well. Um, it's a 31 day guided journal. So basically I have 31 days of affirmations that are based off scripture. So I take scripture and I turn them into affirmations. And then I have the scripture verse. You can then go into the Bible and read the actual scripture. And then I have space for you to write your gratitude, um, your life lessons, basically turning your lemons into lemonade, mm -hmm. and then a thoughtful, mindful approach to prayer. And so I did that in the midst of still struggling with postpartum depression, anxiety, but it was something about pouring into others and doing those types of things that really helped to kind of sustain me. And then recently um, I launched, not launched, I released a second book, which is called Her Strong and Courageous Faith. And that is a five week women's devotional where I'm actually using my journal entries from 2018 to about 2021. And how I was able to see in those journal entries, how I was strong and courageous when I felt my weakest, mm -hmm. when I felt like I was in the darkest season, when I felt like I was drowning. When I look back, I have memories of it just being like very foggy and like I was just just trying to stay alive and just sur surviving, not really thriving or growing, even though a lot of great things were happening on the outside, but inside I was struggling really, really hard. And, um, God just showed me through those journal entries, like I was there all along. I was, uh, we, you and I talked earlier about how you were being cemented and where you are. And that was a time where he was like really rooting me in my faith. And I couldn't depend on um, like what the pastor was saying, what friends were saying, what evangelists were saying, what um, watching, you know, pot, listen to podcasts or watching all of these. Like I had to shut everybody out and just me and God. And that's what helped me to continue to grow and to just be where I am today, where now I finally feel like I am 1000% healed <laughs> from postpartum depression, from general anxiety. I, I would say, I wouldn't say that I have anxiety. I would say that, you know, we all have moments of worry and stress. And so I don't claim that as like, I have that diagnosis anymore. Because I honestly don't feel that. I feel like it it lifted. I went on a fast, and I guess we, we may get into that, but I went on a, a long, year-long fast from alcohol. I guess I'll just go into it. Not that I was a heavy drinker or anything, but God, I felt God strongly tell me to take a break from alcohol for a year. 
but I didn't know why. He didn't tell me why or what it was for. I didn't have anything to pray for about him. Like, okay, I'll just go for a year. And I feel like it was that year of fasting that things started to lift off of me and break and deliverance started to happen yeah. for me. So um, that was in 2022. Now we're in 2024. And I am just like living in the fullness of God. And I am just so excited to be where I am. I, I don't know that I ever thought that I would get to this point, but I knew that I wish that I could be to where I am right now in my mind and my faith. And I'm, it's not over. I'm still growing and learning, but I'm, I'm just so grateful. God is good. And isn't it, he is good. It, I just, there's so much I want to ask you. I'm like writing notes because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to forget to ask you and touch on so many things that you said. One of the things that really stood out to me was the faith and how you found God in your hardest times. And I, I feel like it's so easy to say like, oh, we have faith and we're strong in our faith. Like you said, when we're going to church and when we're listening to podcasts and we're doing all this, but like it, our faith is really tested and, and refined through fire, right? He says the fires of our life the, the pain points, the dark seasons, the, the valleys are when he, our faith is re, refined. It's, it's what, it's those hard times that actually refine us. Cause that's where it gets real of like, wait, <laughs> and what comes out is we may not think that we may not have the faith that we think, or we may need to go deeper or we really need him and we find him show up and he's, it's not, we're struggling so bad. It's not even enough for a podcast, like the, the podcast or the sermon or the, the girl talk, like doesn't even work. It, it hmm. talk to us about that, how that showed up for you. Cause that's what it sounds like where you said you had to really tunnel in and find him. Yeah. I think the start of that was, when my so when I left my job in um when I became a full time I left my job in 2017 the end of 2017 um uh, I didn't I had ideas of how I could make money but wasn't sure nothing was really panned out yet but my husband ended up getting a job a side job somebody randomly called him and was like hey our audio guy because he does audio um he's an audio engineer and so they're like our audio guy for our church is leaving and we need somebody for a couple of months and you you know you would get paid so it was like I we don't have income I think he wouldn't he wouldn't have taken that job had I still had my job so God just works and like when you look back you see all that like oh I see what you were doing there Lord <laughs> so we were so a um and it was in Orlando so we live near Lakeland like 45 minutes to an hour outside of Orlando and the church is in Orlando so I was like, I'm pregnant. I'm not, I'm already struggling. I'm not going to go to our church by myself. Like, no way. I'm going to go where you are. <laughs> You're going to be somewhere else every Sunday. I'm going to go where you are. And so um, it ended up being a couple months, turned into six months, turned into a year. So we were at this other church for a whole year. And I loved the church. I enjoyed it. But it was, I was so used to my pastor's style of preaching that it was difficult for me to like really get into this pastor's preaching. And um, that forced me because I was struggling with that on Sunday. Like, okay, I'm going to have to like go into the word for myself. And then I didn't really have the community. Like I wanted to, I felt alone, even though I kept trying to start things, like nothing stuck. <laughs> I'm like, uh, y'all, I'm out here trying to create things for us. And the entrepreneur like, creative yeah like you know you it's hard someone told me hard. once <laughs> someone told me once like Desiree you are a gatherer of people and I'm like oh I like that <laughs> but as much as I was trying to gather the people the people weren't coming or staying <laughs> and I feel like when looking back I feel like that was like God like no I don't want this to work because I want it to be me and you you and I need to have time together and so so I wasn't serving at that church. I didn't have community, the friendships that I had, like life just really drastically changed. And so I had, it forced me to like, it was just me and God, like I didn't have any choice. So 
if I wanted to be fed, like I had to read the Bible for myself. I had to get into my devotionals and read my devotionals. I had to, I got more into journaling at that time, um, which I've always journaled on and off, but I was more consistent with it. And I just, you know, it was just me and God. Like I didn't have the distractions of friends and going, hanging out. And as much as I desperately wanted it, it just wasn't available to me. And I feel like God was just pulling me away to be closer to him so that I could get deeply rooted in him. And we need those seasons. That's that's what's so beautiful about it. Like we need those seasons. If we go right into, you know, wanting our plans to work and even good things, ministry and business and all that, he wants that foundation solid and firm. Right. So that's amazing. So bold, tell talk to me about the bold part of the bold faith? Um, I think that came from when I was writing the first book. Um, like I said, I was a mom lifestyle blogger. So I was still in mommy world, mom boss, because mom boss, that phrase was very um, popular at the time. And so I thought that I was going to name it my bo mom boss faith. That was my original title. But there was something about it. And I'm like, well, there are people who read the blog and are following me who are not moms, who are either they never had any children, they're younger, they're like early 20s, or they are women who have had children, they're in their mature age. And so I didn't want it to feel like it was, um, I didn't want to like single them, not single them out, but like leave them out. And so I was like, God, what could it, what could I make it then? And then he gave me the phrase, her bold faith. And I was like, okay, so it's for women in general, not just for moms yeah. and um, not about being a boss, <laughs> right, right. but having that bold faith because I had to have bold faith to step out and leave my job with not, nothing lined up um, and to walk this walk. Like people always say, oh, you're so like courageous and I just admire you and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you guys have no idea what's going on. <laughs> behind the scenes I didn't make this move because I wanted to be big and bad like oh I got I'm gonna make money honey I, <laughs> I mean, that's probably what it seemed like because I think my first blog post after I left my job it was like I fired my job and hired myself uh, like, it looked like very like boss yeah, yeah. So I'm like y'all the, the reality is I left because I was struggling in my mental health and I thought I was gonna have a breakdown and I thought I was gonna die so yeah. that's really why right. exactly. <laughs> I love. but I love how that parallels with what God tells us like the weak will be strong like when we are able and we talked about that earlier like when we're able to admit our weakness God comes in and he gives us his strength so yeah. we can appear on the outside really strong and we are and we're you know you're doing things and you're moving and making moves but it's because of him it's him in you yeah definitely I I like I said when I look back and I thought that I was not that strong I wasn't like I should not have survived I I there were so many times where I did want to take my life where I I was like I don't not that I thought that my children would be better off without, without me, but it was just like, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. Like, I just don't feel like I'm getting any better. And when I do feel like I'm making some progress, something comes like a pandemic <laughs> and throws you off course. So like when 2020 and the pandemic has happened and people are talking about how they feel, I'm like, oh, this is nothing new. I've been feeling like this for the last three years. Like, I got this. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> I've been feeling isolated. I've been feeling left out. I've been feeling like I've been missing out. Like this ain't nothing, you know, but it did add another level of stress because now my kids are at home. Both of the kids are at home. And so I'm dealing with struggling with my mental health and then trying to, and being triggered by them and their needs. And yeah, it's like, I just like everything I, everything I worked up to get to like in therapy, I felt like it all just kind of dwindled away so I ended up going I was going to, and when I first started therapy I was going every week 
then it went to bi-weekly and then monthly and then quarterly. And then when the pandemic happened, I went right back into weekly. And then finally, so I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? The, I think it definitely was God that was like, therapy is great. I don't knock it at all. We got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a part of me that felt like I don't want to become dependent on this therapist. Yeah. There is something that God wants to do with me. And if I, if she has taught me, if she's been a great therapist and has taught me all of these tools and techniques, then I need to start practicing them and doing them without her Yeah. and not feeling like I have her to fall back on. And so I ended up going like a year without therapy. And then during that time, like God, really worked and did his thing and it, and he was telling me what to do and how to cope and how to react and respond to things and I haven't been to therapy since I don't even I think it was 2021 yeah because I think I ended up stopping stopping because she was like you have to be vaccinated and you have to wear a mat and I was like I just I just need yeah. some help like <laughs> All this stuff. Yeah. So I just ended up just kind of falling off from it. But it, it worked out for me because God then again pulled me away from the distraction being dependent on somebody else. And I had to become dependent on him. And I started to see like true breakthrough happen for good and progress being made and not having like so many relapses and triggers. Mm-hmm. And um, I was going... The, the time in between of having like these episodes of depression and feeling spirals and everything started to get longer and longer. I love that. And that's like, that's healing. That's mm-hmm. healing. I, I just, it, the Bible verse came to mind. I'm paraphrasing and I was trying to look for it. I don't have it in front of me, but when you said about COVID and every, you know, everyone, everything. And I mean, obviously the whole world felt COVID and, um, it just really reminded me of the verse where he talks about Hebrews, um, the shaking, how he can, how he will shake what um, can be shaken. So what can't be shaken can remain. And I don't know, I guess it's just the older I get, I feel like life has not turned out at all the way that I thought it was going to turn out, even in business and ministry and, you know, things. And, but yet in hindsight, we can look back and say, wait a minute, he, he's in this, the storm, he's in the shaking, he's in the, the COVID he's in the postpartum, he's in the crisis, he's in it and he's using it and he's allowing it for our good. Yeah. You know, um, and it's just amazing to me. Um, you know, we're what we're pushing 40. So I'm like, you know, maybe by push by 60, we'll be like, (laughs) all of our dreams came true. (laughs) You know, I don't know. I'm, I'm like a serial accomplisher. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I realized that that's something that came out to me during that period was I'm an overachiever. And right. the reason why I was so ambitious and everybody admired it was um, because I had people pleasing issues. Right. Right. <laughs> um, I'm a, I, I didn't say this, but I'm a um, minister. I don't know if I said it or not, but I'm a minister's kid. Mm-hmm. And so um I think I did mention that in the beginning. I don't know. I, yeah, my, my grandfather founded our church. My, um, parents worked in the church, um, not as like a job, but like they volunteered. They were deacons and deaconesses. Mom was worship team leader and women's ministry. Like we did all the things at church. We're heavily, heavily involved. And me being the oldest grandchild, there was a lot of pressure on me to do what's right and to be perfect mm-hmm. and to not bring shame to the family. And I, I ended up having a lot of feelings of like people pleasing, because I didn't want to feel rejection and I wanted to just do everything that they wanted me to do. So I didn't feel rejected and I didn't feel like I wasn't loved and that I wasn't worthy. Yeah. And it took many years 
to realize like that all of that was going on. I didn't consciously know that that's what was going on <laughs> back yeah. then until like literally like in the last three or four years, like, oh, that's what was going on. So a lot of that, um, the desire to people please and be an overachiever, like if I just accomplish this next thing, I'm going to really be proud of me. It became habitual. And I read in a book where they were saying people pleasers, um, you have to realize that it's a form of manipulation because you're trying to manipulate a situation and get somebody to love you and want you and desire you. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, I that I would never want to be considered right. a right. manipulator. <laughs> so we're going to just have to stay in our side and do what we want to do. Whatever God is telling me to do, whether you like it or not, <laughs> that's where that boldness started to come. Like, yo, I'm not trying to please people anymore because it it made me burnt out. It made me um, find my confidence and my identity in something that was, you know, not assured. And I'm not being my authentic self or who God has created me to be. So, you know, the people pleasing, like from a child continued all the way, you know, through college and the different relationships that I had, situationships, I can't even call them relationships, that I had gotten into. Um, my involvement in church was like, I just want them to see that I'm doing the most, that I'm there, that I'm serving, that I'm whatever you need. Uh, there was a point where um, they had gave everybody like in the praise team a word to define them. And mine was dependable. And I was so upset that I got the word dependable. And that's nothing wrong to be upset about, but I was upset because I'm like, I don't want to be dependable. Like, I feel like I'm doing everything and anything and I don't feel like I'm getting really much out of it. And so, you know, I, I just thank God for like this, helping me to see and like taking the veil off of my eyes and um helping me to see the truth of like what was really going on and just the various layers that got me to that point of feeling like I feel like I'm about to lose my mind I don't know yeah. if I'm going to come back from it yeah um, it's really important to know to know yourself and to ask God to search your heart the, the word says that to search search my heart and let me know like what is going on so that I can fix it or I can ask for deliverance or right. ask for healing or, you know, make the changes that I need to make so I can be a better version. And I don't know, there's something about that word, better version of myself, that phrase I don't really care for. I don't know yeah. why yet. Or God would show me at some point in life. Yeah. But um, I just want to be the true person, not the better version, the true person that God has created me to be. And that happens. Um, sometimes it's going to take hard things. Um, it's going to take difficult situations, um, experiences that we never want to relive again. But mm -hmm. I can honestly say, looking back, like I'm grateful as hard as it was, and I don't want to go back through it again. I'm grateful because it created who I am, who I am today. And I can see like that had to happen in order for me to step into what he wants me to do and to be. Yes. Yes. What would you say to the woman? I feel like that's a common problem with so many women that are raised in the church that mm. feel that pressure to perform pressure to be accepted, you know, and it may even start with a good motive, but you know, then turns into, like you said, burnout or exhaustion, or that's become their identity or people pleasing, like, what would be some advice you would give her? I would say to sit with God yeah. and ask him, like, again, search my heart, Lord. Mm -hmm. I know that you want us to serve. I know you want us to be servant leaders. I know you want us to humble ourselves. I know you want us to be, you know, submissive and obedient and to be a help in the church and not be a burden. Um, but I, I need you to show me how to do this correctly. And I need you to show me if I'm doing this with ill motives and the wrong in intentions. Like my heart, in my mind, I feel like I'm doing the right thing. But in my heart, there could be ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. And Lord God, I need you to show me if there are and what they are. And then if you come into a situation where you start to realize like, okay, I need to take a step back. Um, I need to 
let's deal with me and God <laughs> and figure out myself before I jump back in, then take that time. I literally, you guys, this month, um, when was it? The third Sunday of this month was my first Sunday back serving at church in nine years. Nine years. It took me nine years. And even during that time, people would say, oh, you should come back and serve. Or when are you going to join the team again? Blah, blah, blah. Even for my husband, oh, you it was even hard for me to even go to church because I'm like, I'm struggling with two kids. He's work, he's working full time at the church. So solo mom here. Like it was just very difficult and challenging for me. And it was me sitting down with God and be like, okay, how can I make this happen? I'm I don't want to do it, but I know that I need to do it. Guide me. Show me how to make this happen. Like what are the baby steps that I could take to get to that point? The ultimate goal wasn't initially to get involved at church and to serve it was just like I just want to be able to get to church and then it was let me get to church on time let me get to church before the pastor gets on <laughs> let me okay now instead of going through the side door let me go through the main the main <laughs> entrance and interact with people and slowly but surely God was showing me like how to be involved in the church without not feeling like I was losing myself and my identity was church Right. And then I got to the point where I felt like, okay, I think it's time for me to get back into serving, but I didn't want to just jump into the ministries that I was doing before. I was like, I want to, I've grown and I've changed so much. My lifestyle is different. I have different responsibilities. My priorities are different now. Hello. I'm a mom of two. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I need to like, again, seek God, like, okay, where should I serve? What do you want me to do? And thankfully, our church has a program called Connect Four, where you basically are um, learning about the church, their background, what they believe in. You get to learn about the different ministries. You get to shadow a ministry so you can get an idea of like where you feel. And they also do like a spiritual gifts testing assessment so you can kind of see like where you fit, um, where might be the best fit for you. And so I didn't have to do that class. I did it when it first when they first initiated like 12, 13 years ago. But there was something in me and I was like, no, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. And we're not going to just jump in. We're going to take our time and do it with God's guidance and God's timing. Mm -hmm. And so I did the four weeks. And then Sunday, uh, this month, this past month, January was my first time serving. And I felt so good. I felt like, okay, like I don't feel like I'm doing this because somebody wants me to do it. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to please anybody. Yeah. I'm doing this. I want to please God and I've chosen something that is realistic mm. and practical for where I am in life and what I'm available to do and if this is all I do for a season that's fine but eventually God will lead me when it's time to take the next step to do more so really I guess all of that to say is seek God on like what are my motives show me my heart if I'm doing these things for the wrong reason show me my heart show me what I need to change step away take a break take yeah. a sabbatical it's biblical yeah, yeah. <laughs> take a sabbatical so that you can commune with God and really connect with God without the distraction without the burden of serving or being involved overly involved more than you need to so you can see where is it that God wants you to do and you can even look at the sabbatical as like a fast like I'm fasting from serving so I can find out where it is that God wants me and how he wants me to show up and then when you do show up go slowly you don't have to jump back into everything that you were doing you could take your time I'm giving you permission if you need it <laughs> giving you permission to take your time and um, step back in and then he will continue to show you how else to serve and when and how I think it's so important that women do that and assess that and take the time to sit it Jesus told us this in the Bible with Mary, Mary and Martha mm -hmm. he said she you know she's did the smarter thing essentially because she sat with him and that is where we're going to find our healing. That's where we're going to find our strength. That's where we're going to find our worth because there are so many women people pleasing and getting their worth out of ministry and they're hiding behind mm -hmm. it. And we don't want that for, for ourselves or for you. And God doesn't want that for us. He rather mm -hmm. us never, you know, serve him. He wants our hearts. There was a time where he sat me down um, and he said to me, 
not all of your heart is, is purely doing ministry out of the right motive. He, and, and he, he said, because of the ritual abuse that you went through and what you were forced to do, you still are carrying guilt and shame and you're trying to pay me back. Not all of it. I know that you have a heart to serve me and I know that you have, but even if it's 10% or 20% or 5%, he asked me to sit down and he said, I want you to stop ministry. I stopped it for a year and I went and started doing, um, posting outfits every day. I think a couple of, this was just a couple of years ago. And I had to sit with that and, you know, I hadn't really dealt with the memories. I thought it was just like going to go away. And of course, obviously he then moved me and the memories came up. Um, and I realized, wow, like, you know, he really loves me. Like there's nothing we can do to pay him back. (laughs) There's nothing we can do, you know? So like you said, when you went back in and served, you're coming then whole, restored, healed, and um, out of the right motive and out of the right place. And um, that is powerful. And I think if, if women that are listening, if we're honest, you know, um, the ability to ask God that is hard. It's, it's hard unless you've been having a lifestyle of that. And hopefully you are, but you might be like, oh my gosh, I'm like petrified to even ask God that. Cause subconsciously you already know the motives wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so, yes, please do that. That's like such, such good advice because it's where you're going to find every answer that you need. It, it I'm is. so glad. I'm so glad that you brought up Mary and Martha that a guy just showed me like I I was was it Mary who was busy doing all the things yeah she was always busy always distracted I personally I was definitely Mary <laughs> but I he just showed no, me Martha I mean, Martha Martha, Martha okay. was the one Mary sat okay. at his feet and like didn't she just wanted to be in his presence okay so I was definitely the Martha then doing all the things everything and anything but I wasn't truly sitting with God right and then she was getting mad at Mary like well what she's all I'm doing tell her to help me and isn't that how it is in church and ministry Uh I signed up for xyz and I did like you want a cookie you want a crown like right I I made homemade casserole okay well (laughs) mine came from Sam's like, That's and I life. did it. Look, yeah. I went through that. I went through it on, we all go through it on different levels. Yes. But like, yes. like we got oh, to get through it. I'll, I'll admit, I'm like, oh, I wanted that solo. <laughs> I wanted to be able to be recognized for that. Oh, I like, I'm here every day. Yeah, all yes. the things. But God showed me that I was, he like transformed me from being the Martha to the Mary that season when I was pulled away, when I stepped down, when I thought, oh, I was stepping down so I could focus on my family. God was working it all out. And even that year when he took us away from our church, um, he was using that time to make me to transform me into a Mary that I sat at his feet. I spend, I spend more time with God in conversation with God, reading the Bible, like all of the things. And it's not in before, if I did it, it probably was like, Oh, to tick off, like, Oh, I did it. I check Mark. But now it's because like my heart genuinely yearns and wants it. And the relationship that I have with God right now is completely different than what I had before. I feel like it's more authentic. It's more genuine. I'm super highly, I mean, I've always had the uh, gift of discernment, but it's super heightened now. And I wouldn't trade any of that for the world. I wouldn't. So I'm glad that God for me from a Martha to a Mary. (laughs) Because the, I mean, yes. Oh, Yes, yes, and yes, and yes. That that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> what? That needs to be a shirt. I went from a Martha to a Mary. <laughs> yes. yes. So tell us about your your new book. You touched on it before, but I want to, um, as we kind of 
you know, wrap up, you said the strong, it's the strong and courageous faith. Yeah, her strong and courageous faith. So it's split up into five weeks. The first five days of the week is my journal entries with scriptures for you to meditate on so that you can go back and read um, scriptures that coincide with the journal entry. And then I have reflection questions for each day um, that dive, like, kind of like a hindsight, like if I could look back and like ask myself these questions um, to have a better understanding of what was going on, to just dig deeper, um, that's there for you. And then the sixth day, day number six is um, meditating on God's word. So you're basically taking back all of the scriptures from that week, or you're choosing a scripture that has been on your heart you know, that day or that week, and it's writing it out and just meditating on it and, you know, going word by word or however you want to study that scripture and ask God to show you even more. Like, what is it? Why is this on my heart? What is it about this scripture? And dig deeper. And then the seventh day is um, praying for the week ahead. And so I use the Acts um, prayer model, um, which you don't have to use that, but that's what I have outlined in there which is A is for adoration, getting adoration for God. C is for confession. Um, T is for thanksgiving. And then S is for supplication. Basically, where you're having a heartfelt prayer for others and then praying for yourself. So in its own way, it is um, giving you a guide on how to, how not only how I got out of that season and was able to heal but how I was able to do that with connecting with God, all of the different ways I journaled, I read the word, I meditated on the word, I prayed specific, you know, prayers. And it's allowing you to um, foster and nurture an environment where you can learn how to hear from God if you're struggling um, to hear from God. Um, or if you do hear from God and it's not been consistent, like sometimes I hear him, sometimes I don't. These are great ways going through this devotion will help you to have a more consistent communication with God um, so that you can hear yeah. from him more consistently. And then, of course, because I'm an artist, my artwork is all throughout it. Yeah. Um, vibrant, bold, abstract artwork. Every day has its own scripture of the day. So it has like a, kind of like an art print. If you really wanted to cut it out and make it an art print, um, I will have a digital copy um, available soon so that you can just download um the devotional or just download the print and then you can, you know, post it up in your wall. Cause I do believe in surrounding yourself with the word of God. Um, for the longest, I used to have affirmations and quotes from different people around, but, um, God showed me one day, like I need my, your, my word needs to be on display, put my word on display. Wow. So I took down all the affirmations, all the quotes from other people and made sure that I only put up scripture so that because scripture is truth. And the word is God and God was the word. So if I am seeing these in my subliminal, if I am glancing, I'm having a hard time and I glance and I look and I read that scripture, it's going to speak to me. It's going to speak truth to my life. And I want to hold on to that, not just a random affirmation. Um, I'm not manifesting anything. I am praying and believing in what God wants for me. And um, I'm accepting that as truth and making that my foundation. It's so powerful and such a good reminder because one, I have not gotten it yet, your devotional. I'm going after we end this episode. Where can I get it? Because I feel like I need that in mm -hmm. this season in my life. I need that right now. Where I can you get it? Copy. Don't worry about it. I got you. <laughs> Amazon. Where can the guests get it? Amazon? Amazon. It's available on Amazon.com. That's okay. the only place now. And then the digital copy will be available on my website. Okay. And one of the things that you said to me that spoke out was the meditating on his word day and night. And, um, and I just want to read really quick. Psalm one says blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. So we know that the law is the word of God. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. 
I love that because when we're talking about Mary and Martha and we're talking about we as women, we go and we do, and we want to have, do all the things well. And yet we can uh, forsake our time with God when that's the very thing sitting as Mary sitting with him and meditating on that, that actually makes us successful. So, I, I mean, you're just speaking to me. I mean, and I know I've had such a hard season and like, I can give you every excuse and I know that God's not mad at me, but I need to sit down and I need to remember that and, and just break down his word again. And, um, and again, sometimes it's those really hard seasons that stop us in our, that, that he, he uses to get us get our attention because we will stay busy. So I'm just so encouraged by that. And I know that it's going to bless me and bless everyone else um, that gets it where, thank you so much for coming on. What else do you want to um, leave with the listener or do you want to leave us with prayer? But I also want to get some other things of where they can follow you and stuff. Um, you can follow me. I'm I'm sort of kind of on social media. We I I tolerate social media. Okay, yeah. So where are you at with all that? Um, on Instagram, I am Desiree.ofori. That's D-E-S-I-R-A-E dot O-F-O-R-I. And on Facebook, I am you can follow my page, Decalise Art Studio. Um, but I my heart more is right now. I'm like, pick up, pick a platform girl. And <laughs> my heart right now is with YouTube and posting videos so that you can get to know me better. I can have more of these types of conversations, um, long format girl all the way. Um, I tried the short format and I'm like, there's just too much to share. <laughs> you girl, well, you're, you're... you can hear, <laughs> I got too much to say for a 30 second reel. Like, no, I need to give you all the details. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So YouTube, Desiree Ofori on YouTube. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Do you want to pray us out? Sure. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just your grace and your mercy and your patience with us. And thank you for always searching our heart, always seeing our heart, even when the outside of what we're doing isn't doesn't always match up. You know our heart and you know our heart's desires, especially when we're coming and trying to do things from a pure place. I just thank you, Lord God, for seeing our heart first before you see our exterior. Yeah. I pray, Lord God, for the woman who is struggling um, through postpartum depression, through anxiety, um, through any mental health issues, Lord God, that you would remind her that you see her and that you love her and that you are there for her. The woman who is trying to do all the things and cannot find a second to sit down and breathe I pray, Lord God, that you would present to her opportunities to pause, to stop, to see where she can make um, space for you. Um, and not in a little way, but in a big way to see how much it will impact and shift and change her life. I pray, Lord God, that you are with the woman who is just having a hard season. Um, they, it may not be anything in particular. It just may be a series of things. I pray, Lord God that you would comfort her and that you would give her peace and reassurance and that all of these women, that you will strengthen them, Lord God. Your word says that when we are weak, you are strong. You command us to be strong and courageous. And the only way that we can do that is when we lean into you and we know that you have our back, no matter what, you have our back and you are here for us, Lord God. As long as we just continue to open up ourselves to you. You are a gentleman, so you're not going to push your way in. You may make things happen to kind of guide us into you, Lord God, but you're never going to force your way on us, Lord God. And so I pray that we will see that and that we will open up our hearts to you and that we would see the signs and that we will pay attention to them and the things that you are telling us to do, that we will be obedient to it and we will be willing to serve you, not man, but serve you with a full heart, Lord God. And I just pray, Lord God, that you would just cover Claire. Thank you for her ministry. Thank you for her life. And just continue to bring blessings to this podcast and everything that she does. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you so much. That was so, amazing. Thank you. And you will definitely be back. Yes. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Reconstructed Woman podcast. To join the journey, head over to the reconstructedwoman.com. Here's to freedom.